Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Amy Peekoff, and I need to know if I can be heard out there because in the middle of the intro music, I got absolutely no signal. Can I be heard? Can you in the chat room, if you are already there, let me know? Okay, I'm not seeing any response in the chat room at all. I am audible. Okay. Well, for some reason, I wasn't able to hear anything on my end, so I've got to figure out what's going on with my sound here. Of course, I have a snafu. Everybody, this is Don't Let It Go Unheard. This is the podcast in which we discuss news and politics from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy, objectivism. As I said, this is Amy Peekoff, and what I would like to discuss with you today, although I'd like my audio to get in shape here before we do that, uh, I want to discuss what we can learn about the American sense of life from the reactions of politicians, the press, and the public to the recent scandals that are plaguing the Obama administration. Then, what can we say about a White House that participates in the little game that was on Twitter in the last day or so called Obamacare in three words with it's the law? I kind of found that a little unsettling. I want to know if you did. And then I'm interested to discuss with you why Ted Cruz, who I really have liked among any member of the Senate, certainly, or maybe any politician in Washington right now, why is he spending his precious time on the issue of abortion right now? So let's go ahead and discuss that. I've got other topics to discuss if there's time. Let me go ahead and look at my little sound settings here because something has gone terribly wrong. Hmm. Everything looks right here so far. Well, if you want to join in on the discussion, of course, there's people in the chat room who are already there, but you can also join in by phone, 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And uh, just a little program note before we get started here. Some of you may know I actually was asked to guest host for the first time this week, the Tammy Bruce Show. Uh, she calls it Tammy Radio over at TammyBruce.com. And I had contacted and made you know a little back and forth with Tammy, I think a year and a half maybe, a couple of years ago. And I just threw out there, maybe someday I could guest host for you and that would be fun and let me know if you're interested. She's never had a guest host ever since she started Tammy Radio over independently at her blog. And then... Early this week, she contacted me and and uh, said, hey, do you want to come on as a guest of, on the show? So I came on as a guest, and that was on Wednesday, and that was a lot of fun. Talked for about 15, 20 minutes, had a good time. And then she was saying, well, you know, there's this, you know, PJ TV possibility of, you know, she's on PJ TV. Actually, she's there regularly now. She's on PJ TV. And she says it's possible that it conflicts with the show sometimes, so maybe sometimes she might have a need for a guest host. Well, sounds good. That'd be great if I could do it. And then um, Wednesday evening, she says, oh, this is kind of last-minute notice, but tomorrow there's a conflict. Can you guest? 
okay, it's a short notice, but of course I have to do it. I mean, I, I, I admire Tammy, and, and she's got this great audience, and I would love to talk to them, so I have to do it. I have to say yes, and yet it's the very next day, and, and you know, I hadn't really set up all the logistics and everything, so I'm scrambling, and I do it, but 10 a.m. the next morning, I go on, and we host out of Blog Talk Radio the Tammy Bruce Show, and it was a lot of fun. It was really cool, and Tammy's audience was super generous and nice to me, and even when I had snafus, like I feel like I'm having an audio snafu right now, uh, I'm just not convinced that things are working correctly. It just sounds very strange to me. But as long as you guys are getting the signal, I'm going to be happy. But, yeah, we had little snafus here and there. And uh, it, it, was, it was great. It was, it was just so much fun. And I had two guests who sla- saved my life. They were excellent guests. I had Jonathan Honig of Capitalist Pig, and then I had Sonny Lohman of House of Sunny. And we just had a really nice time. So it, it went well, and apparently I might be welcomed back there again. So so that's wonderful. You might have noticed, if you did miss the live show, I took down the link. And the reason I took down the link is that Tammy has a fully subscriber-supported uh, show over at her blog. So at Tammy's blog, you can listen to her show live. Actually, you listen to the show through TalkStream Live, which is a really neat little uh, website where they stream the audio, and then also there's an app you can have for your iPhone. So that was that was a really good uh, you know good outlet there. Of course, it it doesn't work with Blog Talk Radio because Blog Talk Radio doesn't provide a streaming MP3 f- feed or whatever it is that they told me. So yesterday you could just listen. You were di- redirected from TalkStream Live o- over to me. But normally she has just a live show going out through TalkStream Live, and then if you want a podcast you have to be a subscriber. Uh, you, you're part of her Tammy Army, as she calls it. So because she does that, I went ahead and said, yeah, I'll take down the show after the live show. So I made sure that I had the MP3 downloaded properly so she could use it for the podcast. And uh, then we went ahead and took it off of Blog Talk Radio. So uh, what Tammy did do, though, for me, which I'm glad that she did, is she said that I could share that MP3 recording with people who contributed to my show. So if you wanted to make a contribution to the show, you could still get the recording of yesterday's show. Uh, You can go to don'tletitgo.com and contribute, and you could actually get my appearance on her show. I think people really enjoyed it. At least you have to listen to Jonathan Honig and Sonny Lohman. Uh, I thought it it was really, really a lot of fun. So anyway, I want to go ahead and get started started here and we're going to know really quickly whether I'm having some audio problems because I would like to play you a clip from the hearings in the house about the IRS today and uh, if you have been looking at the news I mean first of all we got three scandals going on right now right we have the scandal in which the IRS singled out for special scrutiny perhaps all the way back to 2010 groups that have identified themselves through the titles of the groups or otherwise as Tea Party, Patriot, Constitutional Law, pro-Israel groups we've heard heard as well. Uh, All these different groups would be singled out for special scrutiny if they applied for 501c4 status. That means that their donors would be able to give tax-exempt contributions. So if they go ahead and they single them out for special scrutiny, make them answer all sorts of horrible questions. I heard on one story that the question was, what do your members and donors pray about? What is the content of the prayers? 
pretty crazy stuff. Um, doesn't seem like stuff that a tax auditor would be concerned with properly. But anyway, the, I mean, just the list of questions are out, outrageous that they had to, to answer. And, of course, that also means stalling and stalling and stalling before they could be granted tax-exempt status and, therefore, stalling and stalling and stalling. And they you know, were delayed in being able to get their message out. So what they had today in Congress is hearings, and they swore in uh, this Commissioner Miller in particular, who was being grilled today in front of this committee in Congress. Uh, you know, it's funny because both of the stories that I looked at online, one was at the New York Times and then another one at the Daily Mail at UK. They show a picture of the IRS commissioners or employees being sworn in. You know, they're holding up their hands. And maybe they're doing this to say, look, these guys at least are being sworn in. Hillary wasn't sworn in when she testified about Benghazi, but these guys are, are sworn in. Of course, the other scandals are the Benghazi scandal and the AP. But the big one today that's been discussed in the news is the IRS. And I love in particular the headline of the Daily Mail today, uh, is this still America? There is a congressman who's asking, is this still America? Texas Republican Congressman Kevin Brady asks uh, Commissioner Miller, is this still America? Is this government so drunk on power that it would turn its full force, its full might to harass and intimidate and threaten an average American who only wants her voice, their voices heard? End quote. And really, that is what it's about, right? It's about free speech because today, how is it that you are able to get your voice heard out there through groups, especially these groups that have this tax exempt status? Because then, of course, more of the money that's being donated can go actually to spreading the message as opposed to paying off the IRS, which, I mean, what is the IRS after all? It's basically like the mafia extorting protection money from you, uh, you know, supposedly extorting protection money from you. I mean, at least with the mafia, maybe you're actually protected. But with our government today, as Ambassador Stevens and uh, three of his compatriots learned, our government's not protecting you anymore. So it's not even protection money. I don't know what it is. It's just out and out theft. Uh, one of the funny things, and Tammy did a good riff uh, on this on her show today, Tammy Bruce over at TammyBruce.com. She uh, t- just took issue with the fact that at one point, Miller pled uh, that it was poor customer service at the IRS, that really it was just kind of maybe careless, honest mistakes that they were making when they were doing this, you know, the, the delays in having your 501c4 application approved, that that's just poor customer service. And, you know, how in the world do you speak of us as customers of the IRS? Customers. We are targets. We're victims. We're not customers. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. And, and Tammy was talking about, yeah, it's like you're a customer of an airline that gets hijacked and blown up. You're a customer of a convenience store whose clerk pulls out a gun and robs you. You know, th- I mean, this is crazy stuff. So uh, this idea of, you know, te- treating us as cu- or talking about us as customers, that's ridiculous. It's just like when all of these politicians talk about so-called revenue increases, 
revenue increases. No, that just means that they want to steal more money. And it was actually pretty funny today because I think it was Miller or maybe one of the other IRS people who were testifying uh, that said at one point, the solution to this problem, to this poor customer service, as they call it, is to get more money for them. They need more funding. They need a bigger budget in order to treat us fairly when they steal from us. To steal from you know, each of us equally and fairly, they need a bigger budget. It's it's truly, truly disgusting. But uh, what I want to do and, and, you know, what I want to argue today, actually, is that I have found, and, and I've talked about this, my message in my show, Don't Let It Go Unheard, what is the it? The it is a, the American sense of life. And the show is named after this nice essay in Ayn Rand's Philosophy Who Needed. It's called Don't Let It Go uh, and it is the American sense of life. The American sense of life is the thing that has protected us from the onslaught of tyranny decades and decades and decades. And and she was concerned when she wrote the essay, I believe in the early 70s, yeah, 1971, that the American sense of life was dwindling and that its ability to protect us from the creeping tyranny that is engulfing our country is diminishing. She was very concerned about it. The essay is entitled, Don't Let It Go. And she tries to identify what the American sense of life is and discuss the fact that it seems to be eroding. And why is it, she argues, that it's because everything that we have implicitly as part of the American sense of life has not been made explicit. And what do you need to make it explicit? You need a proper philosophy. So that's uh, that's what she's discussing in the essay. Um, you know, she she talks in in the essay about the fact that there is a sense of life of the nation that sometimes clashes with the culture, clashes with the explicitly held philosophy in the culture, and she thought that was really true of America. And she says, uh, I'm quoting from the essay here: If America is to be saved from destruction, specifically from dictatorship. She will be saved by her sense of life. But then she says, you know, how long can that sense of life endure without making the philosophy behind that sense of life explicit? Have it explicitly held, have it have it explicitly embodied in all the different cultural elements out there, in the novels, in the music, in the TV shows, both you know, the news shows and discussion shows, plus also the sitcoms and everything else, the shows that Americans watch, the movies that we watch. Uh, So what does she say is the explicitly American sense of life? Well, she contrasts it with the sense of life of the Europeans. So she says with the Europeans, they feel that the man belongs to the state, you know, the citizen belongs to the state. And, and quoting from her, she says, uh, the European feels that the you know, citizen belongs to the state, quote, as a property to be used and disposed of in compliance with his natural, metaphysically determined fate. A typical European may disapprove of a given state and may rebel, seeking to establish what he regards as a better one, like a slave who might seek a better master to serve. But the idea that he is the sovereign And that the government is his servant, has no emotional reality in his consciousness, end quote. So again, there she's speaking of the European. The European sees himself as a slave to the state. She says, uh, by contrast, I'm skipping down a little, a typical American can never fully grasp that type of feeling. An American is an independent entity. 
She says the popular expression of protest against, quote, being pushed around, end quote, is emotionally unintelligible to Europeans who believe that to be pushed around is their natural condition. She says emotionally an American has no concept of service or servitude to anyone. Even if he enlists in the army and hears it, you know, called, quote, service to his country, his feeling is that of a generous aristocrat who chose to do a dangerous task. A European soldier, by contrast, she says, feels that he is doing his duty, end quote. And she goes on to talk about that uh, in America, everybody's money is as good as the next person's versus in Europe, it's all about old money and being born into it. Uh, Americans admire achievement. Americans respect their public figures, but they don't feel like the public figures tower over them, you know, like some case system or something. Uh, and then she goes on to talk about the practical consequences of the different attitudes between Americans and Europeans. What I want to ask you, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip here from a representative, Mike Kelly, from Pennsylvania. And he is speaking to, uh, again, this Commissioner Miller of the IRS, the, the leeches of our country. And I want you to uh, see if you, some of this American sense of life seems to be embodied in uh, Representative Kelly. Here we go. Now, when Cincinnati can't figure out, who do they confer with? Who's their counsel uh, when they're looking at these entities, tax they're, they're, entities? They're, come back here to D.C.? Um, the, there's two possible. Yes or no, does it come back to D.C.? Uh, yeah. Okay, all right. So... D.C. and Cincinnati be pretty well connected and understanding what's going on. So this doesn't come as a great shock to anybody. In fact, I would say it doesn't come as a shock. You know what it does for the American people? It really establishes what they fear so often. I have a grandson who's afraid to get out of bed at night because he thinks there's somebody out of the bed that's going to grab him. And I think most Americans feel that way about the IRS. I mean, you get a letter from you folks or a phone call, it's with terror that you look at it. And now this kind of reconfirms that, you know what? They can do almost anything they want to anybody they want, any time they want. This is very chilling for the American people. Now, I know that uh, where you're at, you're, and you're, gonna, you're resigning, you're walking away from it, but this is not going to go away. This is a Pandora's box that has been opened, and I don't think get the lid back on it. And I don't believe that the White House just found out about this in the news report. The president happened to grab a, a TV shot or just read... Mr. George's report and said, you know what, Why, we, anybody have ever about this before? Um, I'm just getting a first look at this. Shouldn't somebody be responsible? And I'm thinking maybe the executive boss, maybe Treasury falls in there. I'm not sure that, that we understand how that, mm -hmm. that organizational chart works. But I, I am really concerned. Now, i got to tell you, uh, where you're sitting, you should be outraged. Uh, but you're not. The American people should be outraged, and they are. And this committee... This has nothing to do with political parties. This has to do with highly targeted groups. This reconfirms everything that the American public believes. This is a huge blow to the faith and trust the American people have in their government. Is there any limit to the scope of where you folks can go? Is there anything at all? Is there any way that we could ask you, is there any question that you shouldn't have asked? My goodness, how much money do you have in your wallet? Who do you get emails from? Whose sign do you put up in your front yard? This is a tax question. Now, you don't think that's intimidating? It's sure as hell intimidating. And I don't know that I got any answers from you today. And I don't know that uh, what Mr. George has done is great work. But you know what? There's a heck of a lot more that has to come out in this. If anybody to sit here today 
and listen to what you have to say. I am more concerned today than I was before. And the fact that you all can do just about anything you want to anybody, you know, you can put anybody out of business that you want anytime you want. And I've got to tell you, you talked about you're a horribly run uh, organization. If you're on the other side of the fence, you're not given that excuse. And when the IRS comes into, you're not allowed to be shoddy. You're not allowed to be run horribly. You're not allowed to make mistakes. You're not allowed to do one damn thing that doesn't come in compliance. If you do, you're held responsible right then. I just think the American people have seen what's going on right now in their government. This is absolutely an overreach, and this is an outrage for all America. I yield back. All right. Mr. Griffin is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, So what do you think of that? In particular, what do you think of the wonderful round of applause at the end as well? I thought that was excellent. By the way, I played this cute little clip for you. I haven't played little sound clips like that very often. That was a trick I learned from Tammy. Thank you, Tammy Bruce. Um, she actually helped me. I, I, I should have done this long ago, but helped me find out how to get the MP3s that I could then upload into the Blog Talk Radio Studio and share these clips with you. But was that not refreshing in terms of the sort of grilling of an IRS commissioner by one of our congressmen? So this is Mike Kelly from Pennsylvania. I'm not sure if he's one of the Tea Party types. He certainly sounds like one of them. This is Bob Shaw. He just came in. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, I've got cartoonist Bosch Boston here in the studio. He came in while I was playing the audio clip. Mike, what's his name again? Mike, uh, what's the politician's name again? Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly. Mm -hmm. he, he did something last year. Uh, I forgot exactly what it was, but I know that I followed him on Facebook because of it. So this guy has a, you know, has a habit of doing something like this. Of, of doing some good stuff. And yeah. he's a politician. That's the noteworthy thing to me. It's not some citizen saying that it's politician which you know politicians are what they are i mean I'm, I, that's why i think about ted cruz and i think about the fact that he's you know the closest to a human being that, that we have out there you know I mean yeah in washington he is. And, and this guy has a similar quality about him yes they're still politicians you got to keep that in mind yeah but that was excellent no and ted cruz after these hearings tweeted out some really good things about, about the irs which were excellent and that people picked up on so for example you know, if uh, the IRS, as I said a little bit earlier, uh, Commissioner Miller was saying, oh, you know, we just made some mistakes. We're kind of inefficient. We need a bigger budget. And if the IRS comes to you, as, as Kelly pointed out in the audio clip there, if the IRS comes to you yeah. and audits you, yeah. and you just say, oh, it's a little mistake, and how, how much sympathy are you going to get? Absolutely none. Zero. They're They're going to take your money. Zero. They might put you in jail. You know, who knows? And and that you know that's the whole point. The IRS is allowed to plead this, and and we as American citizens aren't. It, it's. Uh, I, I think it was just re very refreshing that that he called the guy to the carpet. Now, whether anything's going to come of it, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, this guy, as they mentioned, you know, he's retiring. Uh, supposedly, Obama likes to make it look as if, you know, look, I've got a dead body to show you as a result of these scandals. You know, this guy's retiring, but he was going to supposedly leave anyway. So it's it's no big deal. We need to see a lot more so-called carnage. <laughs> I'll just throw it out there, the word carnage, as, as a result of the scandals. But the scandals need to go all the way to Obama. I mean, yeah. the buck needs to stop with him. And in fact, I'll talk in a second about a, a story in the Wall Street Journal 
that uh, people were spreading around today that that argues that the buck really does stop with Obama, even if you can never find a phone call that Obama made to anybody at the IRS. He he did enough uh, to go ahead and and make the you know him the responsible party. And even uh, Chris Matthews, Mister Thrill Up My Leg, uh, said basically it comes down to him. I mean he's ultimately responsible. Yeah. This is the federal government. He's the guy in charge. And and if even Chris Matthews is saying that too, I and, mean so so, so yeah. we've we've got we've got a politician there, right, who is saying all this stuff now in terms of the people in the audience, right? Tammy Bruce pointed out in her show. She says, "Listen to that applause." That applause yes. is America. Yes, it as is. We should, Absolutely. So that applause is America. And and really what it is, is that's the American sense of life. I mean, it reminds me, if you're familiar with the Fountainhead, of, you know, Howard Rourke gives a speech in the courtroom and everybody just breaks out yeah. in applause, even though if they don't fully and explicitly understand what he's saying. Now, I think pretty much any American in that room understood Absolutely. what Kelly was saying here. Uh, that's, you know, that that's pretty clear. Uh, but... You know, Rourke, when he was speaking in his courtroom speech in, in that book, he has a little bit more uh, abstract points that he's making there. But this is very real. Everybody feels terror of the IRS. The IRS is the perfect agency to persecute anybody. Why? Because everybody has to fill out a tax return and send it in. Uh, yeah, I used to read those tax dodge books. Those are pretty funny. The ones where they say, oh, yeah, you know, I am a sovereign citizen and I do not subject myself to the jurisdiction of the United States with a capital S or, you know, if you put it with a small s and if you don't use a zip code and you don't use a social security number, you can escape jurisdiction of the IRS and write them letters in longhand and, and get away with it. Uh, no. I mean, no. really, really today in society, you have to pay your taxes I mean, like, like everybody else. The one thing the government is really good at is getting the tax money. You know, they're, they're, they're very good at that. At taking our money. Well, but see, yeah. you know, Miller says they're not so good at it. I mean, you know, if we make mistakes and we do it unfairly, if if we fleece you unfairly with respect to your fellow citizens, no, well, they take more. It, it, but, but, it's because we don't have we have poor customer service. I'm, I'm being facetious. I'm joking. No, what no, I'm yeah. saying is they will come, they will hunt us down for that. They will do hard work. They'll get on the streets. They'll walk to our doors. They'll do everything possible to take our tax money, to take their to take their money that they think is that they're entitled to. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, certainly if they let something slip through the cracks. I mean, this is the other thing, too. There's this huge, uh, long statute of limitations. Why do we have to keep tax returns going back? I think it's seven years or something like that. Because depending on level of culpability as determined by the omniscient people at the IRS, uh, they can go back and audit your tax returns and, you yeah. know, dig up all this stuff. Uh Robert in the chat room is pointing out, Robert NYC there, that Sarbanes-Oxley holds CEOs accountable for any error that someone on his staff commits. And he says, but the president points fingers and yeah. blames underlings. And and that's true. There was a great tweet out there on Twitter the other day, and I can't remember who sent it out, and I feel bad for not giving proper credit, but it was awesome. It was saying, you know, how is it that you can get a job? I want to get a job where if I make a mistake – I fire my underlings and then everything's okay. Right. <laughs> and and that's essentially what's going on here with Obama. Obama's pretending like he's, quote, focusing on jobs with laser focus oh. or whatever garbage he's doing. He always does out. that when he's in trouble. Always does that when he's in yeah. trouble. Yeah. Uh, jobs. 
as in, you know, I'm doing something important here. You know, enough with this, all this stuff here. I'm, I'm doing something important for American people, jobs. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, you know, don't bring up the fact that basically we hid the truth about what the IRS was doing until after we won the election, yep. you know, after we got in for a second yep. term. Also, one last thing about that, about the government doing good, uh, they blow money very well also. They, you know, they, they're masters at blowing money. Right, yeah. right. So if we if we go back, right, and if we go back to the uh, the Don't Let It Go essay, and we talk about the elements of the American sense of life, Mike Kelly is saying, no, we don't see ourselves as subjects, yeah. no. right? We we think this treatment that we get from the IRS is unacceptable. And that wasn't a speech; it was off the cuff. Yeah, I didn't no. see a teleprompter I didn't see, anywhere in the vicinity, I didn't, did, you? did no. you? I didn't see him reading from his notes, unlike Jay Carney of late. Every time they have a, a White House press conference now, right. Jay Carney yeah. either has some horribly distorted look on his face, yeah. right, right, or right. he's carefully reading from some prepared statement, every look. word of which is right. crafted to make sure that he isn't later caught for yeah. lying. And right? he, has like a, he has a don't bother me, don't bother me, don't bother me look on his face. Also, one thing, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. The truth broke out today, and that's why I think applause was there in Washington, of all places. It broke out. Well, but this and is they, a, and, and they couldn't contain it. This is the thing. I mean, the, you know, the, you can look at more clips from this hearing. Actually, Tammy over on her blog has a, has a bunch of clips from the, the hearing over there. It's pretty good. She's got a nice collection. But you can um, watch Miller basically trying to stall the time out on each of the representatives, mm. you know, time they're all allotted a certain amount of time to grill him. And he just, you know, I don't know. And he tries to rephrase the question and, well, you have to keep in mind the context. And then he goes into this long-winded preamble about the context. So waste time, waste what, the point is, and this is what Kelly pointed out, he says, I'm not going to get any answers from you today, but I can tell you why – and I'm going to borrow from Tammy again. Basically, you're a POS. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what she, she calls the president the POS on her show. She's she's very very colorful on her show. I don't know if you know her style. It's a it's it's a, a very uh, a vibrant compared to mine. I would think. I was listening before, and you said um, they're, they're Stalin. They were Stalin. They were Stalin. They were Stalin. They were Stalin. Right? Oh, Stalin. That, that what <laughs> they were Stalin and Stalin. Oh man, sorry. That's what I heard. Oh. They, I mean, that's what they want, you know. That's oh, yeah. that's their end goal, and that was something that I talked about uh, on Tammy's show yesterday too. These people who work for the IRS, right? There's almost to me a little bit of plausibility about the idea that it was a so-called honest mistake on the part of the IRS employees, the the lower underlings at the IRS. And and stay with me. Here's why. It's because imagine what you would have to believe and internalize if you worked for a long time at the IRS. I can imagine somebody going there to work for a short time just to see how it works and then leave and become a well-paid tax attorney whose job is to help innocent Americans not get fleeced nearly as badly by their government, right? But imagine staying there for years and years and years like some of these people have and especially people who get promoted to any position of authority and influence you would have to believe in the mission of the IRS, which is to take at the threat, you know, point of a gun, basically, because that's what's behind. I mean, why do we fill out those tax returns and pay the money? It's not because we want to. Absolutely. It's because we are 
going to be threatened with jail or confiscation or anything else if we don't do it. That's why we do it. So, you know, if you if if you believe in that, then yeah, you can stay there and work there for many years and keep your sanity. But if you don't believe in that, I don't think you're going to stay there working for very long. And you're not going to be the kind of person that is commended. So you're not going to be. Uh, but you know, go, going back to in you know, in addition to what Kelly, Mike Kelly said there. Think about the people in the audience who were applauding. Tammy says, this is America. I say that's, well that that is the American sense of life yes. showing itself. Yes. Who is there in the audience? I imagine it's some fellow politicians. I imagine it's some of the media who are sitting there, you know, watching. I bet it is also just some citizens who were lucky enough to be able to go and watch the hearings that day. It's probably a mixed audience of, of those groups. Applause so loud. <laughs> and going on for such a long period of time that whoever the chairman of the committee whoa, whoa, whoa. was had to call it to order and it's say, like, you whoa, know, whoa, guys, guys, yeah, yeah, guys. Don't, you know, we don't, we don't really want to get too much out of control here. I mean, you wouldn't want to start right. suggesting anything really radical like Ted Cruz was tweeting out this morning, which was that we should go ahead and get rid of yeah, yeah, the IRS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that Abolish we it. that we should have, uh, and this, you know, what I what I tweeted back is that what he's suggesting really is a, is a good first step. Exactly. But what he suggested, and let me find the the tweet here so I can read it right to you. What he suggested is that we abolish the IRS and make the tax code fairer and flatter. And he said taxes should fit on a postcard. End quote. On a postcard. Yeah. And that that's how it used to be. You could just fill out your tax sure. return on something the size of a postcard yep. and send it in. It was very simple. And now, with all of these deductions and loopholes and everything else, and what are all those designed to do? Those are designed to push you to buy this, spend your money on that, don't spend your money on this, right? All these distortions in the free market created by the tax code, all of those would be gone yep. if if Cruz got his way here. You know, we don't want anybody to just propose these radical things like this because, after all, Senator Ted Cruz is what a bully. Yep, that's yeah, right. he's, he's been that's de right. determined to be a bully right. because he wants to get the government off Americans' backs. But yeah, he says we need to abolish the IRS, make the tax code fair and flatter, and have taxes fit on a postcard. I would say that yes, this is a great first step. Of course, in the ideal society, taxes would not be compulsory. They would be voluntary. And Ayn Rand proposes a number of strategies by which you could make taxes voluntary. For instance, you could charge a certain percentage of every contract that you wish to have enforced in a court of law. Uh, some sort of a stamp tax where you get a little stamp put on your contract that says this is going to be enforceable. You had 3% of all the contracts. You could fund all the proper functions of government thereby. If you can imagine the contracts between Apple and its suppliers, oh. for example, the size of those mm. contracts, and imagine 3% of that going to the federal government and imagine that we don't have the 
uh, not not the DHS. So, I mean, you got to have Homeland Security in a certain way, but maybe you don't need the DHS no, at you all. Don't need the DHS. You, you you just need the State Department and the CIA and the FBI, and you're okay there. Uh, but certainly get rid of the TSA. Yep. Certainly get rid of the Department of Education. And get rid of uh, every rotten politician. Health and Human Services. So there'll be maybe one or two out. left, right? There'll be one or two the left. FDA is gone, huh? Get every get rid of every rotten politician. So there's like two or three left. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, what you got to do is replace. All the politicians, because we still have the same number of politicians that we had in our proper. I think Obama's plan to try to win the House again uh, is is over. I hope that's the case, but they also they have, they, they got to they got to get rid of Boehner. Then we can start to get serious. Oh no, yeah, that that would be great. But but what what uh, what I think here is that this is really energizing people who are really sick of a government that is pushing its way towards tyranny. And even a John Stewart, who is a convinced liberal, who still believes in the power of government to do good, as he calls it, even he is outraged at what he calls the IRS not spreading the goodies around equally to everybody. Now, you know, again, what are the goodies? The goodies are not being fleeced in an unfair way compared to your fellow citizen. But we're still going to be fleeced nonetheless in the society that Jon Stewart wants. But you just just see whatever American sense of life this is being brought out, I think, by these scandals. And I like to see the fact that it's actually embodied in some of our politicians and the people who represent us. I think it's also embodied in the news media. So, for example, even though the mainstream media, I believe it's CBS, yeah. There's a, a C, there's a woman, a CBS reporter, I can't remember her name right now, but she has been a fearless go-getter reporter on Benghazi. And Fast and Furious before. And Fast and yeah. Furious as well? Okay. She's basically um, doing her job, and she's called right-wing, you know, she's called every name in a book, but she's basically doing her job yeah. as a reporter. Yeah, media reporters who actually believe in going out and getting the facts about things that our government is doing. Um, we are seeing... Ironically, a lot of the American sense of life over, you know, overseas, over in the UK. Americans who live elsewhere. As I said, it's the Daily Mail that gives us wonderful reporting on what's going on here every day. Uh, He gives uh, this article that I was reading you from, you know, is this still American congressional hearing turns into IRS smackdown? Number of points that they emphasize at the top. That the appointee who was in charge of screening the tax-exempt applications, the bureaucrat, right, the person who stays at the IRS for years, gets promoted, believes in the mission, the person who was in charge of screening these tax-exempt applications in which Tea Party groups and others were targeted, that person is now in charge of implementing the new Obamacare taxes. That's disgusting. Um, Steve Miller defends himself saying that there's just foolish mistakes, so they pointed that out. Uh, The May 10th leak that launched the political scandal was actually a prepared remark. So the woman who apologized, I guess it was an ABA conference or whatever, um, they actually planted the question and prepared her answer. I think about this. They they probably thought, okay, that's it. We apologize. Yeah. They, probably, they probably thought in their own twisted minds, oh, that's it. We sent it out there. We did apologize, and that's that. Okay, move on. They seriously think of I themselves think did, as yeah. providing, quote-unquote, customer service. That's how they think of themselves. And then they think that, you know, just like any company, if you apologize well enough for poor customer service, that should be okay. Or they think because we're the government, we should have to only apologize. Why? Because if you don't accept our apology, what do we have? We have a gun behind us. 
And this uh, Miller, is that his name? He said he basically cited the lack of funding. That That's the real problem. Oh, yeah. The lack of yeah. funding. No, no, the, the answer is to confiscate more of your wealth. But I, I, I find it very refreshing, the pushback that they're yeah. getting, the, you know, the assurance from a number of the congressmen who were grilling Miller today that this is not going away, yep. that even though he was basically stonewalling and not answering their questions, that more is going to come out. And also so, one thing, sorry, these people, they're made to look like, like what they are, rats. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in this story here, you could tell the suggestion is that these are rats. Yes. And that's important. Yes. You know, that's important to know, okay, these are the bad guys. The, only, the other people who are responding against it are the good guys. I, I love Tammy's heading over at her blog. Yeah. <laughs> it's the smug, arrogant face of Obama's IRS, yep. Steve Miller. And, yeah, if you can see the video, you can hear not only uh, you know, what he says, which is garbage, but you can see the kind of smug look of contempt on the guy's face, you know, and as Tammy described it, you know, who am I to be answering your question? Yeah. So I I really like, and, and, and this is, you know, again, Tammy, she really embodies this American sense of life and yeah. she really stirs it up in, in her audience. But one, th- one, one thing that she tweeted out today, which is true, is that the bad guys had a bad week this week and right. that is worth celebration. Yeah. And they had a bad yeah. week this week, not just because a few fringe elements in the culture were giving them the bad week. Everybody's yep. giving them. I mean, I mean, look, you know, Barack Obama, jerk that he is, right? He uh, tries to have this press conference with this horrible guy who's the head of Turkey right now, who's mm. trying to Islamicize Turkey yeah. at an you know an increasing rate. Disgusting. Um, but he thinks he's going to just go out there and give his press conference on some foreign policy thing, and of course sell Israel down the river because that's what he does, and he thinks he'll just get to do it. And he got grilled. I don't think he likes it. I think no, he's no. having a very bad time, and I love watching it. Um, I think it was Steve – no, 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 it wasn't Stephen Cruiser. It was uh, Gary Graham. Gary Graham on Facebook said, happy Schadenfreude week. Yeah, how do you, how yeah, do you right. pronounce that? Schaden, Schadenfreude. I'm Schadenfreude. I think that's how you pronounce I, I it. So. You, know, you are enjoying – Getting pleasure in the misfortune of others. Yeah, you, but, but the, the misfortune uh, – the people this who are having well, the misfortune well are, the, yeah, are the bad guys, the, exactly. the people who deserve the misfortune. So this, this has been a great week for people who are in favor of truth, justice, and the American way, that's right. so to speak. Uh, the best week for Truth, Justice, and the American Way might be the week of June 14th when the yeah. new Superman movie is released. But this is a very good week Hell for yeah. Truth, Justice, and the American I Way. I can't wait. So I, I, I think that that's true. Now, now I, I talked about the idea that we re- refuse to see ourselves as servants, as slaves yep. of the state. Um, you know, this idea that money is, is good, that it's not just old money and privilege that is the standard. What, it, what oh, you, oh, look what Bosch did. Bosch looked up the pronunciation. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Okay. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Okay, now we got our pronunciation lesson for the day. Thank Sorry. you, Bosch. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was perfect. Though. So, uh, someone said, uh, yeah, uh, Robert brings up here, and I think Robert Burnett also, uh, Obama called in the Marines, not to save those in Benghazi, but to save himself from some drizzle, from some rain. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and, you know, somebody said not only was it disgusting to see the military holding umbrellas for Barack Obama and, as Robert calls him, the other foreign flunky. (laughs) What what is the name of the head of the turkey? Recep. Sorry, the turkey from Turkey. That's good. (laughs) 
Rajip something. I don't know. Okay, whatever his name is, the guy who wants to Islamicize. I think I think uh, Rajip Erdogan. He's the one who says. He's the one who honestly says though. He says, well, "What is this moderate Islam? There is no moderate Islam. There is Islam only." And he's right about that. Right. You know exactly. Um, but yeah, not only was it disgusting to see the military holding the umbrellas for them just to shelter them from some rain. Oh, poor guys. Uh, but someone said that it might have violated the Marines' hmm. protocol with respect to the use of the umbrellas. Okay. I don't I don't know that for sure, but I saw that out there. And I wouldn't be surprised no. that Obama would be totally ignorant of it and or feel himself entitled to override whatever their typical protocol is for the sake of Obama, yep. the, would, the, the, the would-be emperor. Because that is, you know, Obama does embody the European sense of life, but we don't. We don't. One thing also, we, we, we have gone from I'm not a crook to, as Obama said a number of times, he goes, the problem is I'm not an emperor. I'm not a king. I'm not a dictator. And he actually said these things, like Nixon. But right. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of this issue of Americans, yes, we feel respect for our public figures, but it's the respect of equals. I think that came out, of course, in the IRS scandal, but I think we saw that. a long that. time ago also, though. Yeah. You know. You, you, you think not as much today? I mean, no, absolutely not. Well, what 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 about the tons of Americans who are willing to tweet Barack Obama on Twitter? Okay, sorry, sorry. Wait, uh, I thought you said about the we need to respect to to a certain extent our our politicians. No, no, we respect our public figures, but we see ourselves as relatively equal to them. No, we we we, we, we no superior to them. We we respect our our public figures as equals. Public figures, whether they're politicians, well, whether they're politicians, no. celebrities, politicians, everything else. We have contempt for them today. Well, today, Absolute if they're contempt. not doing their jobs, sure. I think sure. Rand was but, but, writing but in the, the 60s. Is, it was a different America also. It was, it was still better. But the point is, she says, she, what she's saying here is that it's the American way to feel like you can tweet to a celebrity of anything course. you want. You can tweet to a politician of anything course. you want. Any public figure, you feel like you could communicate with on uh, you know, a level with sorry. them as equals. What I meant was, you know, in terms of respect, we have no respect. I mean, I in general, the Americans who love the country are looking at, at Congress right now, looking at the Senate sure, and saying, sure. oh, my. Right, right, right. But you feel like you can just throw out Absolutely. criticisms at Obama. And I they, go after and Boehner, that, you, and that you, know? you should be able to do it without consequence. Yes. You don't necessarily have to do it in a so-called respectful way. Absolutely. Um, you can just go ahead and call him a POS as, as, as Tammy does. Uh, but I think we also saw this American sense of life come out in uh, this game on Twitter that's been going on this week, which was Obamacare in three words. Right. Obamacare in three words. And I did a whole bunch of tweets out there. Maybe I can bore you with a couple of them. The, the one that I like uh, maybe the most was Medicine Goes Postal. Yeah, no, that was good. Medicine Goes Mine was uh, Obama Doesn't Care. Yes, Obama doesn't care is a good one. Exactly. Uh, what else do we have? Let me go ahead and find uh, find my own here. I retweeted your Obama doesn't care. And I've got Medicine Goes Postal, Socialized Medicine Way Station, <laughs> Compulsory Worthless Insurance, yep. Evasion Destroying Innovation. By the way, if you want to play these games with me whenever I occasionally play with them, you can follow me on Twitter at Amy Peikoff which is A-M-Y-P-E-I-K-O-F-F. Yes, Doctors in Chains was one that I did. That was the first one. Uh, I do have a call here. Yay. That was yours, Doctors in Chains? It's very good. Doctors in Chains was mine. I didn't see that one. It was. Let me go ahead and see if I can go ahead and uh, make live our caller. Who's this? Hi, Amy. It's Robert. 
Hi, Robert. Hey, Robert. So, so what did you think about the American sense of life being embodied in the response to the scandals? I well, I sent a link uh, earlier in the show. I wish I was as optimistic as you sound today, but I think that much of that is gone. And Neil Bortz had a good piece where he says most Americans are just wondering when they're going to get their next government check. And they care what's on American Idol and basketball pools. Hey, 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 hey. Did you hear that American Idol's uh, numbers were down? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The viewership of American Idol dropped drastically. It was a headline, I think, on Drudge today. Okay, that's good news. Yeah, I mean, to me... To me, that's good news because I mean we want people to be more concerned with scandals that you know of their government. We have the American fighting Idol them. president. I mean, that's what absolutely. We have but if you go to any airport, what you see are what Ayn Rand referred to as mostly Europeans, just just subjects taking off their shoes, going through metal detectors, uh, fr- you know, just frowns of people who just look like they're sub- subjects of the state. It's so sad to 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 witness. And I just I am not as optimistic as you are. I wish you was this was a this was a bad week for the bad guys. I'm very happy about that, but I, I don't see the momentum uh carrying. Uh, because one reason is as you said, Boehner has to go. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't see Republicans. They'll say bits and snippets here and there, but I don't see anyone as uh following through with, with this real conviction. And, of course, the media, you know, which is 90% leftist, is trying to bury this and, and will continue to try to bury it and and, and just re- redirect the American public until the point where, yeah, you laugh at Jon Stewart, but then you move on to something else. And that's right now that's what I'm feeling. I, I, I'm going to need more evidence and more heads to roll until I feel a bit better. Yeah, I mean, we definitely need to see more of an outcome. Are you at all optimistic that even though this may not result even in any impeachment, but certainly not in an impeachment that's going to throw Barack Obama out of office, even if it doesn't do that, that it might hamper his legislative agenda at least? Yes. Actually, yeah. that's a very good point because that's the one thing I am happy about. He's going to yeah. have a much tougher time yes. through 2014 Right. And then in 2014, I think the elections will go more Republican way. So I think the best thing, and that's I'm really happy you brought that up because that that's that's really important. And the best thing is he he has the apex of his power, his singular power over the country has peaked, and now it will now it will uh, diminish. Yeah. So that is a good thing, but. There's still a lot of bad ideas out there, a lot of bad alternative ideas, and a lot of yeah. There's outrage, but uh, but I'm I'm not I'm not seeing. Um, I I just aside from the point you just brought up, yes, and that's the be- to me that's the best we could hope for. But it's still not giving positive solutions. You know, there's outrage, but right. But it's, we're we're it, we're just we're just going to get a little more gridlock than we would have had otherwise. Yes, sooner yeah. sooner than we did too. Now, he, here's one thing that is concerning. I mean, yes, I, I think Obama will probably be hampered in pursuing more of his legislative agenda, which is great news for all of us. But nonetheless, this Obamacare thing is going to kick in soon, and it's 
sort of a self-perpetuating mechanism that's going to still cripple the country in increasingly bad ways without any more new legislation needing to be passed because as it just kicks in, it's going to make more and more horrible things happen. Um, here, here's a question for you. What is your reaction if I tell you that you know during this little Obamacare in three words game that was going out there on Twitter and everybody's coming up with the stuff like I was reading you from my Twitter account, the White House tweets out the following. Okay, this is Obamacare in three words. It's period the period law period. Yeah, well, that's you know they know the power of force and they have it and they plan to use it. They have used it, and they're just giving a prelude to to you know the punishment. The fact that they're handing it over execution of it to the IRS should be crystal clear to to anyone that they mean force. They to, they totally mean force, and that is. That's scary. Way yeah. scary. Actually, this this was another tweet that I had in this little game. It was medical records nationalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Your Boy. medical your medical records are nationalized under Obamacare, and if that isn't government force in the most invasive variety. Mm-hmm. I, I I really don't know what is. It, it is disgusting. Um, I mean, already right now your medical records are subject to horrible invasions. The the instance that Tammy brought up when I was a guest on her show on Wednesday was apparently the IRS seized something weird like 10 million medical records or something uh, already, and they were able to do this under some HIPAA thing. So the IRS can already get some access to your medical records. Imagine the unfettered access that the IRS will have under Obamacare. And imagine how entrenched the IRS will be as an institution when an additional task is is assigned to it like that. But, I mean, just going back to this tweet, how ominous and horrible and threatening is it for the White House to tweet out it's the law. It's like, mm-hmm. in, yeah, no in, in a way, I would almost say it's like they're saying, na 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 na, na. we yeah. won and you lost. Yeah, no matter but, what you say, it's the law. But but it's a threat, so you can't even say it's that. It's like, it, it's horrible. It's really really menacing. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. So I I would I would love to see people have a little more outrage about this. You know, they're oh we're playing along the game with you know the game like everybody else. And they're they're saying basically it's the law. It is going to push us onto the way station to you know socialized medicine, yeah. et cetera. And you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Tough cookies for you. Right. Mhm. Live with it. And and then oh just I forgot the icing on the cake with this tweet. I should mention I'm sitting here staring at this tweet on my iPhone and I haven't mentioned this yet. Go find it on Twitter. Just go to White House at White House on Twitter and scroll down and you'll see, you know, when when they're playing the Obamacare in three words, it's not the first entry that you'll find. It's one of the, you know, it it, it says uh, 1147 a.m. on the 16th of May yesterday. And under it, it, there's a picture of Barack Obama's signature on the piece of legislation approved March 23rd, 2010, Barack Obama. How disgusting is that? Yeah. I I mean I I'm I'm truly outraged. I think I would start almost screaming Tammy Bruce style about uh-huh. this. I I I was I was just so outraged when I saw this that the government, I mean it's just it's 
it's just blatant in your face. Yeah. We are going to force you to submit yeah, to Paul Turnison. Yeah. Completely. It's it's them knowing exactly what they're doing. There's no there's no air of innocently they're trying to help everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. Can I can I switch gears to a topic that you had written down? I know this show is going to end shortly. Yeah, sure. You want to talk about Ted Cruz? Uh, yes, Ted Cruz. It's very sad, but and this this will be racial profiling, but ninety five percent of Latin population grows up religious, usually Christian, usually Catholic. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for them to get out of that. And and my take is he's probably getting funding from the religious right. So he has to say these kinds of things, and probably yeah, doesn't so disagree with them fundamentally. So let's uh, let, let's back up for people who are, are maybe just tuning in. So Ted Cruz is joining Mike Lee in calling for congressional investigation of certain late-term abortion procedures, and uh, we wonder, any of us wonder, who like Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz has been one of the sole principled voices for limited government out there, why in the world would he be wasting his time on an issue of abortion? So you say it's because of all of his base. Yes. Well, I I think if he wants, I think it's partially if he wants to rise, he's going to need funding and the religious right will fund him. And I think because he is Latin, most likely he's had some religious indoctrination that he probably hasn't shirked. So uh, he probably thinks he can rewrite, you know, history, unlike, you know, the the rest of the conservatives who buy into the religious right and they get trounced election time. Right. Right. Now, if you go actually and look at the video and Ted Cruz, if you follow him on Twitter, Senator Ted Cruz, he tweeted the link out today. But you can find the video easily through Google or anything else. It's it's Senator Mike Lee and Ted Cruz, each taking about five minutes to discuss this resolution that was proposed by Lee to do this investigation. And Cruz specifically discusses fetuses that are either at just before viability or right after viability, so around the neighborhood of viability. So he mentioned the term viability, which I find interesting. You know, we we do know that if they go ahead and actually end up doing an out-and-out ban on late-term abortions, say after the period of viability, that the so-called pro-life movement, the anti-abortion movement, uh, they're going to try to go out and push further and they're not going to stop there. But there are some of us who say, okay, well, if you really stop at that time period of viability and you talk about a time at which an infant can be individuated, we might be able to have a reasonable discussion about whether that's an okay place to draw the line, you know, in today's day and age. But, you know, like I said, I don't think they're going to stop there. And I certainly don't like seeing Ted Cruz focusing his time on that issue at this point in time, you know? Yeah. And just the last thing, as, as, as an alternative, look at Marco Rubio. Look what's happened to him. He was the hottest thing. And once he started talking about creationism and, and, all you know, all this religious, uh, the the age of the earth and things like that. He just fell off the map. 
No one cares right. about him. Right, exactly. But like I said, go watch the video. Ted Cruz has mm-hmm. not he has not gone that far yet as far as I can And one tell. thing he did say Iron Man is one one of my all time heroes and that clearly has had an influence on him. Yeah. Clearly. So if he if yes, he can, that I know. Actually I know that personally, yeah. but still I, uh, I wish he'd stay away from this stuff. You're too. totally right, Amy. Don't waste your time on this issue. You, yeah, you and you and me both. Most if, Americans if, are religious. This is, yeah. I think he represents that. Yeah, if if he sticks with viability, we we may still have hope in him. Thanks, Robert, for calling in, and thanks for everybody for participating here in the chat room. We are running out of time right now, so if you wanted to comment on this show, I'm going to direct you to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. You can also follow the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, Amy Peekoff. You can even follow on Blog Talk Radio. Whatever floats your boat. But at my blog, not only can you comment on today's show, you can also find a link that will allow you to contribute to the podcast. As I said earlier, people who have contributed to the podcast will get an MP3 recording of the show where I filled in for Tammy Bruce. Uh, Perks like that will continue to come down the road. Several people have already contributed, of course, and very generously some of them. I thank you for that. Um, Biggest thing you can do to support the show, though, of course, is always spread the word. Thank you very much and have a good evening.